today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. While engaging in negotiations to access a stable wormhole, Deanna makes a love connection with a rival negotiator. But with the Ferengi, bad intel, and a secret empath, this will be far from business as usual. From November 11th, 1989, it's season three, episode eight, The Price, or Empath of the Righteous. <laughs> I'm Cam. That's Dan. And then when this premiered, Dan's finally an embryo. <laughs> all that shit out dan was an embryo <laughs> great and that's all we said on the subject <laughs> that's it <laughs> didn't say anything else about embryos or political stuff associated with embryos nothing that's it it's all we said all right they're none right. the wiser Fair cameron enough. it's the magic of editing I did I did cut out all of the abortion stuff just magically. It sounds like it was never there. Shmushmortion? What shmushmortion? Shmushmortion? Um so Dan, so Cameron, are you ready to update your witch cast has fucked on screen calendar yet? Uh I'm I'm ready to update that. Um I think the calendar's probably going to be stuck in the 80 sensibility of gender relations, but that's fine. I mean, for right now, we'll just we'll keep a separate calendar for all of the wonderful slash that we know is happening, like last episode. Yeah, this was this was a sexy episode. <laughs> it was. We had two sexy episodes in a row. Problematic, but sexy. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, there's one. There's one instance in particular that I am shocked they got away with on network television in the 80s. Shocked, I tell yeah. you. Shocked. Yep. What was it? Well, Cameron will have to read the thing for you to find out. I will. And then we get to listen to you rampage, which is everyone's favorite part. <laughs> I don't think so. My therapist doesn't care for it. Not one bit. <laughs> Maybe your therapist isn't very good at their job. To be fair, therapist um, is the name of my imaginary friend. <laughs> oh, God, that's so dark and twisty. Uh, well, Cameron. I wasn't ready. Okay. On Stardate 43385.6, the crew plays host to a group of visiting interplanetary dignitaries who are negotiating for the rights to a stable wormhole to the Gamma Quadrant, discovered by the Barzan people, which could provide a valuable and efficient bypass through known space. Deanna Troy, overwhelmed by her duties as ship's counselor, <laughs> reluctantly agrees to attend the delegation's receptions. And also, we get to see for the first time her uh, signature trope in place of character building. So that's nice. What? Chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> no. It's. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Anyway, she meets 
Devanoni Rall, secretly a fellow empath and negotiator for one of the groups. Rall and Troy fall into an instant and passionate affair, probably because they can feel stuff. Meanwhile, talks over the rights to the wormhole are coming to a boiling point. Resolved to achieve success and take over the rights, Ferengi incapacitate the Federation representative, Seth Mendoza. Captain Picard selects Riker to replace Mendoza in representing the Federation's interests. Riker recommends that the Enterprise conducts an exploratory expedition into it before committing the Federation to a binding contract. Picard agrees and orders LaForge and Data to take a shuttlecraft into the wormhole. Wink. <clears throat> in an effort to prevent being outdone, the Ferengi send a shuttle of their own. The two craft are surprised to find themselves in the Delta Quadrant, and as they monitor the wormhole, the Forge and Data agree that while the other end of the wormhole is stable, this end is not, making the wormhole worthless. Further, they detect signs that this end of the wormhole may move soon. The two try and warn the Ferengi about this before they return, but the Ferengi remain steadfast and are shocked, shocked when the wormhole vanishes in front of them, stranding them in the Delta Quadrant. Remember that plot point. Meanwhile, on the Enterprise, negotiations for the wormhole continue, as well as the sparks between Troy and Rahl. Even though she has fallen for Rahl, Troy starts to have some second thoughts about him when he tells her in intimate confidence that he is part betazoid and that he has been using his empathic abilities to manipulate the opposing delegates in the negotiations. Rahl deftly narrows the competition down to the Federation and his own employer, the Chrysalians. Just before Riker can obtain the wormhole rights, the Ferengi threaten to destroy the wormhole, claiming that an informed source has told them the Federation has made a covert pact with the Bazar Premier. Barzan Bazar. <laughs> Bazar is a magazine. It's pronounced bizarre. <laughs> Parpair's Bazaar. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is happening? Anyway, <laughs> the Barzan premiere. Picard requests Riker's presence on the bridge to deal with the situation. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it is. <laughs> Number one, deal with this situation. <laughs> Number one, I simply cannot. <laughs> In his absence, Raal takes advantage and builds his case on the Barzan leader's wishes for peace to win the claim to the wormhole for his group. When Troy realizes that Devanoni staged the entire altercation to sabotage the Federation, her sense of duty forces her to betray his trust and speak out publicly. But before the Barzan premiere has a chance to cancel the bargain with Raal and the Crystallians, the Enterprise shuttle emerges from the wormhole and hails the ship, announcing that it is worthless. Raal then says goodbye to Troy and returns to his to face his employers for purchasing worthless rights. And so, and the price. And apparently the price was wrong. <laughs> Don't bring me down, price. I don't know. I don't get that reference. <laughs> it's, it was terrible. But fun to do. Oh, that's good. Cameron. And that's all that matters. Yes, Dan. <laughs> How fucking hot was this episode? <laughs> it was pretty hot. Yeah. Mr. Boardroom and Mr. Bedroom. Woo! <laughs> and, and those eyes. Yeah. Those eyes, that instant connection, those ill-fitting suits with their strange collars and even more strange <laughs> materials. 
I wanted to have. I wanted to have future. The, it's the future. Have you ever wanted a material with the texture of a sweater, but all the coloring of houndstooth, but not the pattern, just like the we the like speckles on it for no reason, and just the sleeves are textured. The body is smooth. Future. <laughs> it's to protect you from the carpet, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, protects you from carpet. More carpet. It's like Velcro. You just get stuck. You know, they should just make all the uniforms that. So in case you fall, you just get stuck you to the carpet and can't it. go anywhere. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, That's actually stuck together. a big part of Worf's job. <laughs> it's to unstick the crew after after an incident. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been a poet. Uh, but enough riffing. Um, yeah, this was a really, really hot episode. So which uh, which moment were you referring to in particular? The foot massage? Oh, the foot massage. <laughs> Suddenly, foot. <laughs> there is a pedicured with purple nail polish foot that just appears. Oh, Daniel, it was mauve. <laughs> course cameron purple didn't exist in the 80s only mauve <laughs> only mauve <laughs> mauve was the only version of purple that was allowed to exist you're goddamn right it was uh, but yeah the counts a perfectly manicured yeah and, i mean perfectly pedicured and then foot. it was greased up there was oils and two hands working that oh man that was one of the most shocking cuts in this series so far. Just suddenly <laughs> foot and sensual foot rubbed, loved, and above foot. That was, we had some, we had quite a few, you know, graceful cutaways to imply sex, but that was definitely like the, that was the most sexual image, including being picked oh, up and absolutely. carried, hair brushed out of the face, long passionate kisses it's like now this that is intimacy i was like did tarantino direct this episode 100 percent. that seemed like that's say you know that that tarantino star trek script that's like you know hollywood legend at this point that's all it is it's just that scene from next gen for an hour and a half <laughs> uh yeah mm -hmm. yeah but hey, this was the Deanna-centric episode, Dan, so I want to hear what else you loved about it. I, I liked the negotiations, and that was interesting, even though, you know, that involved Ferengi, which we'll get to. Um, <laughs> I really liked the dialogue between Deanna and Beverly, just being a little more frank about sex and love and getting your toes curled which is my favorite expression for sex it's yeah it's that and knocking boots are my favorite <laughs> yeah i got you I, I said that at work the other day somebody was talking about their weekend and it implied they hooked up with someone i was like yeah getting your toes curled and they looked at me like i had three heads and i was like really god i'm Come old. on i'm old cameron <laughs> the youths look at me and are like that's not what we call it i'm like well i don't I don't know nothing about no TikTok. <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, it's such a great expression as far as just, yeah, getting mm -hmm. your toes curled. 
course, Knock and, in your and boots. the doctor said it, so it's it's like recognized medical lingo. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and I, I have to admit, even after all these years, I still kind of love their workout outfits. Cameron, they are so bad. They are upsettingly <laughs> bad. They are not just 80s. They're not just camel toe despite two layers. But they are specifically cut out to make their tits accentuated. Like It's like a leotard, but it doesn't go all the way up. It's the same outfits that are worn in the burlesque scene in National Lampoon's European Vacation <laughs> from, I think, two years before this one. Yeah, that's like where they have the whole workout clothing they come out with, and their leotards don't cover their tits. These are those leotards. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a chorus line. I'm disappointed. Well. <laughs> God, I hope I get it. Tits. I hope I get it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I I will talk more about that at nauseum when we get to the bad. But I also, <laughs> because what the fuck? I liked the head games. I liked that it wasn't clear whether they were deceptive or not about the wormhole. Um, I liked seeing an exploratory mission and the Ferengi like refuse any help and not want to share any information because they are such greedy little hoarders. They're just such grubby little bastards. Um they are. And I did appreciate that Raul took the took his loss in stride, where he was like, hey, I played the game and I won. It just turns out the prize was shit. Uh, I liked that. I liked Riker's response when he was trying to get his goat, and he's like, if you can make Deanna happy, I'm thrilled. I'm elated. Because deep down, Riker was like, nah, I already got my poison in her. She's <laughs> not going. He was so it, – it seemed like he was a good guy, but he was like, nah, once you go, Riker – the rest could take a hiker. <laughs> that's <laughs> there it that's is. what they say. No, this is <laughs> this is the thing I really want to say about Riker. The minute someone said stable wormhole, I know that Riker <laughs> was like, that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> uh, Riker is the stable wormhole. You can put whatever you want in, it, in there. It'll come back. You'll get it. Don't worry. <laughs> That's what Riker calls Peggy, entering the stable wormhole. I thought you were just going to make a boner joke. No, no. The, sta <laughs> the stable not. wormhole is, ri is Riker's rectum. That's what we're calling the stable wormhole. <laughs> mm -hmm. The only known one of the galaxy. <laughs> You're goddamn right. <laughs> Last week, just for fun, I had someone put a shuttlecraft in there. They got it back. <laughs> Oh God! You think that's called crafting? Yeah, oh, crafting. <laughs> nice. It's even better than sounding. Um, and additionally, we, uh, you know, we did when it appeared. It did just look like a big old space butthole. <laughs> it was well, just yeah. a big purple space butthole. I'm like, yeah, look at that space butthole. That's amazing. I'd pay good money for that space butthole. Get me in the room for the negotiation over this space butthole. <laughs> Riker's like, if there's one man who can bring the hole home, it's me. What My nickname in college. What, what did you love about this episode? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I liked a lot of things, actually. Um... I know you won't understand this yet, but I always enjoy seeing the Ferengi being their greasy selves when they're trying to interact with the general public. It just makes me very happy. 
No. And maybe it will eventually for you, too. You just have to make shake it through my head, no. several more series. <laughs> um, I loved that it was a Deanna-centric episode and that she got her groove on and that it was wonderful and that she... Yeah, I just... I really loved it. I loved that. Oh, they all I should got have together. called this how Deanna got her groove back. God damn it. <laughs> Every time. Waste of time. <laughs> Waste. Um, I loved that everyone was gathered in 10 forward to watch the wormhole appear um, with all of the dignitaries. I loved the alien designs, all of them. <laughs> it was like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I loved all kinds of things. I also really loved the dialogue. Yeah. 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 It was pretty good dialogue. It's a, it's a fun sultry episode. And I also love the delicious little seeds that this plants in the universe that will come to be answered again twice. Mm. So probably not the last time we see those Ferengi, huh? Nope. Mm. Probably not mm. the last time Deanna's going to talk about chocolate either. No. Oh, I wasn't even talking about chocolate. Three. I was talking about the wormhole. <laughs> oh, the wormhole going to come back? Is that how Voyager yep. gets lost? No. Oh. But it wasn't all foot fetish money shots, was it, Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> no. It wasn't all mobtail po- toenail polish. <laughs> Mavtail sure. polish. Mavtail polish. Tail. It was a Mavtail cocktail. Mavatov and Mavatov. 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 Instead of a Molotov, it's a Mavatov cocktail. There we go. I found it. I made the words work. But stuff. But stuff. That would have made this episode better. I can tell you that much. You just made it all about Riker's anus. <laughs> well, yeah, the glorious <laughs> butthole of, I would say no return, but eh, people come back from that. You can walk in there. <laughs> it's practically a hollow deck. <laughs> I've seen things. <laughs> Anyways, um, what what did you hate about this episode? What just like made you so irrationally angry you were like i'm gonna kill a ferengi (laughs) i mean i loved the exercise scene but i also hated it just i love i I have a love-hate relationship with those costumes because they're just awful (laughs) and it's just weird fan service it's like the mirrors are set up to give you infinite butt shot there's camel toe they're stretching together i'm like this is just the first 60 seconds of a porn yep yep pretty like much. that conversation need to end with but i'm just not sure what he wants in bed um beverly <laughs> being like oh well i can show you that's like where that <laughs> scene was going it was so sorry sorry i'm late i know that we meet up together and stretch what no <laughs> you're more limber than usual what <laughs> that's your colleague that's weird. That's a weird thing to say. Somebody I mean, got say railed you, last but... night. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Samantha. Uh. 
I kind of like the forward Beverly. Somebody got railed last night. <laughs> details. Give me details. Emphasis on the D. <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to read Beverly as Samantha from now on. God damn it. Yeah, actually, that would be great. Uh, she's a real Samantha class. <laughs> She is a real Samantha class. No one wants to be a Miranda class. But yeah, I mean, I loved seeing them on a friend level. I love seeing their relationship develop and doing something other than working. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Although nobody's doing that shit. Nobody's like, let's go to the ballet studio and just stretch. (laughs) Well, you do see Dr. Crusher dance eventually, so she would. Of course. Well, she was a dancer, right? That was like her thing. Yes. A theatrical artist, Daniel. Mm. Triple threat. She wanted to dance with somebody. She wanted to feel the heat with somebody. Mm. With somebody who loved her. <laughs> Straight from my undercarriage. <laughs> Getting weird. Um, anything else really chap your ass besides their it's my favorite ass, bridesmaids their quote. unasked chaps? You feel that heat? It's coming right from my undercarriage. <laughs> uh, I just love that they're real life husband and wife, her and Ben Falcon. I know. So it's funny. the best. <laughs> so good i love that the ferengi's ferengi got stranded but i hated their stupid faces after they got stranded (laughs) but it's fine um i mean i didn't really hate much about this episode i found the interplay intriguing and it was actually you know a really good use of 24th century diplomacy and a little bit of greasiness just a little bit of greasiness but he's a hot lay, so we'll let it slide. I mean, he was real rapey. Yeah. From that's the true. first set laying eyes on her to having a different woman with her that with him that he sent away. What? Yeah, no, that's and then true. he like pushes the hair out of her face and shushes her several times. I'm like, not much of an empath if he's like, shut up. No, sh- no, stop stop talking. We're going to fuck now. Shh, shh, shh. I can hear what you're thinking. You don't need to say it. Don't say it. Yeah, anything. no, you're right. Yeah. And the like champagne for two. I'm like, "Wow, presumptuous much? You don't know how many replicator credits she has. She might not be rich." Um they don't have credits. Cameron, the ice cream and the chocolate and the letters from her mother and then just meeting this guy. I was like, oh, no, they made her dumb and a caricature. They did. Oh, man, my mom wants to talk to me. That's terrible. Oh, I don't want to go see this thing. What, hot guy? Well, I hope there's chocolate here. I'm like, <laughs> chocolate is not a character trait. Chocolate is a terrible trope. Like. I know. That's not a personality. <laughs> be people, please. Yeah. So I, I Yeah, no. It's it, I hate that bullshit. I, it doesn't even have to be a female character. It can be a male character talking about beer. It's like that's not unless you are Homer Simpson, it's stupid. <laughs> well, and I mean that's why it works so well for Homer because right. it's stupid. Yeah. I have ranted endlessly about how how they just didn't you're, you're absolutely right they didn't know what to do with deanna so they gave her a couple things and some stick to deal with for like the first six seasons and then all of a sudden after her cleavage goes away she becomes Relevant. the person she was supposed to be oh there you go um another issue 
how is it that here and now in the 21st century, we have a little thing called an EpiPen. And in the 23rd century, a guy has a severe, and she said this, not allergic reaction, histamine reaction. And they got nothing. Well, we just got to wait a few days. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they got it's allergies. This is the, the you know we're not gods, Cameron. We can't do anything <laughs> about an allergic reaction. <laughs> what are you insane? Sure, we could replace hearts like that. Sure, we could Valid. bring people back from the edge of death. But this guy's seasonal allergies are off the charts. She's just one doctor. <laughs> That was so That's a hundred percent valid. It's a hundred percent valid. I I honestly already forgot about that part. You kind of have to like make your brain brain go blank to just accept that like, oh yeah, anaphylactic shock. We can't do nothing about that. They could have done something about that in the year when this was filmed. Yep, they could have. Yeah, I just... It was a super special, un- <laughs> unavoidable kind of anaphylactic. Deus X writer's room. <laughs> we just got to get him out of there. shrimp. <laughs> uh, but the biggest, stupidest... I mean, there, there's some barfy dialogue between Deanna and, and Raul, but the stupidest True. fucking part of this whole thing is it's a wormhole that they're claiming is stable and they're going to send four people through it. Not an unmanned drone, not any sort of beacon or or just an unmanned anything, any sort of exploratory probe. Nope, we're going to send people through it. That's smart, safe, and reasonable. What? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> They did send an unmanned probe, Dan. It wasn't good enough. Uh, no, I don't buy that for a fucking second. I mean, sure, <laughs> Data's not really human, so it's fine. But uh. Jordy, <laughs> I did, I did love their dialogue together. <laughs> it was, I did. It was, it was idiotic to just think that anyone in command would be like, yeah, no, just. Just hop in a car and go check her out. Just go poke your head in there. You don't want to poke your see, head in the stable wormhole, says right. See what's happening. Well, Dan, it should be noted that this <laughs> this episode was the last episode of Miss Hannah Louise Shearer, who I don't know if you remember, but her seven episodes, oh, six episodes in TNG are... Number one, When the Bow Breaks, which was honestly a pretty good episode. I liked it. Uh, number two, Coming of Age. Mm. <laughs> number three, Skin of Evil. <laughs> I'm a skin of evil. <laughs> I am right now. Number four, We'll Always Have Paris. <sighs> number five, Straight from the burn victims unit pen pals. Oh. <laughs> and finally, uh, the price. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm not going to knock anybody personally. Stuff happens. TV is TV. It's okay. It is. This is not a, this is not an abomination. There's just some, there's, this is a Star Trek wide problem. 
If you're a sideshow, you're a sideshow and fucking act like it. Make people wear protective <laughs> wear. I I wear more going on the subway than these people do on a foreign planet. It's um, true. Yeah. And she's not a bad writer. She has some no. great ones in there. And she writes one of my favorite episodes of Deep Space Nine. But we'll get to that in okay. like a year. All right. I have run out of things to hate on, except I just really need to hammer home that Rawl is not a good guy. He's creepy, he's chauvinistic, and... He was creepy. But he was a hell of a negotiator, and I admired him in the boardroom, even if his personal life is kind of a mess. You know what he feels like? He feels like he could be a Davos executive on Westworld. <laughs> he does feel like a Davos executive. Yeah. Well put. But yeah, no, he's creepy. He's creepy in a way that just... I mean, it was acceptable in the 80s, but it never should have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not sexy. Don't don't allow that kind of behavior. Yeah, America. Anyway, continuing. Should we quote this? <laughs> Let's quote this bitch. You know, if this doesn't work, the thought of spending the rest of my life in here is none too appealing. There is a bright side, Jordy. You will have me to talk to. Aww. <laughs> and Jordy's like, I am oh, fully boy. functional. <laughs> well? <laughs> Captain, Damon Goss is demanding to know where his men are. Advise him to set his coordinates to the Delta Quadrant. He may run into them in 80 years or so. <laughs> One for Picard. Let's see if I can let's see if I can be a greasy Ral. She's a remarkable woman. Brilliant, lovely, very passionate. She could have been yours, Will, but you just didn't do enough to keep her. And now, well, I'm here. And I'm gonna take her too. That's the first bad play I've seen you make. If you can bring happiness to Deanna's life. Nothing would please me more. You know, you're really not such a bad guy, Ral. Except you don't have any values. Beyond the value of today's bid, that is. Deanna is just the woman to bring some meaning to your sorry existence. If you're smart enough to take it, I doubt that you are. <laughs> to the last mile. Yeah, Burn. Do you tell the Romulan that's about to attack that you sense that he may be bluffing, or do you just tell it to your captain? That's different. That's a matter of protection. Yes, protection. Your protection. Your captain. Your crew. Your edge. Yes. Now it's a matter of life and death when you take the advantage. Me? I deal in property. Exchanges. Nobody gets hurt. So you tell me... Which one of us would you say has more problem with ethics? Yeah. Anticipation is fun. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> Damon she ain't gross. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Damon gross. And I should strongly suggest that you stay out of our way. <laughs> you have a bad you have a better Ferengi in there than that. You do. Drool for me. <laughs> Just came out of me. <laughs> uh, and I should strongly suggest that you stay out of our way. There we go. 
Tell Data and LaForge to do themselves a favor and stay out of their way. <laughs> my name's Damon Goss, and these are my counsels, Call and Dr. Arator. We'll need chairs. I'm Captain Picard of the Enterprise. I'm serving as host for these proceedings. Good. See to it that we get some chairs. Let me explain. Fine, fine. Just have your Klingon servant get us some chairs. I'm in charge of security. Then who gets the chairs? Damon, due to the delicate nature of these negotiations, all parties have agreed that one representative will suffice. Now, I will be happy to provide your councils with accommodations, and you may have my chair. <laughs> Oh, so good. I'm very grateful for what you did. In a way, it made me take a hard look at who I am. I don't like what I see. I once asked you to run away with me, and now I'm asking again. I need you. You could help me change. You could, you could be my conscience. I already have a job as a counselor. <laughs> You're burnt. <laughs> You're burnt. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, the first and only stable wormhole known to exist. It's yours for the right price. It's ridiculous and wonderful. I feel completely out of control, happy, terrified. But there's nothing rational about this. Who needs rational when your toes curl up? Mm-hmm. Ow. You want to be Riker or Mendoza? I've gotten to do all of the guests, so I'll do Riker. There you go. <laughs> Can't wait to hear you, Mendoza. I think the Devononi is the one that we need to watch out for. An accurate observation. How did you recognize that? <laughs> well, he was the most comfortable one in the group. You must play poker, Commander. Poker? Is that a game of some sort? Wink. <laughs> poker i hardly know her that doesn't matter it's riker <laughs> oh god commander i realize what a difficult position this must be for you if you don't understand something i hope you won't be too embarrassed to ask me i think i have an idea what the rules are well that's what makes it so interesting the rules of the game change to fit the moment not unlike commanding a starship Mr. Raw. <laughs> yeah, Bert. <laughs> this was very this is a very quippy episode. Quips, mm -hmm. quips, 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 Um <laughs> Who counsels the counselor? I had to do it, Troy. Pavani was ready to go with the Federation. I sensed it. I used up every I'd used up every card in the deck. I'd needed to change the rules. You must have known I couldn't allow you to do that. My human physical response must have been blocking my betazoid senses. Which is a callback to what he said, what she said earlier. I know. Yeah. This is after Mendoza has his little allergy attack. Um, you're the next likely choice. Mr. Mendoza will certainly agree. He's quite impressed by your natural instincts. Excuse me, sir, but those weren't natural instincts. Those were poker instincts. A card game doesn't exactly prepare me for this. Yes. The stakes are higher, but then 
Isn't that when the game gets interesting, Commander? At the negotiating table, it can be fatal to have a heart, but I never realized how much I needed mine until I looked at you. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Sorry, just sometimes when, when Raul talks, I just... <laughs> He's so gross. I guess I realize now that I focused entirely on Deanna and her reactions. I was not, mm -hmm. I mean, he was there, kind of just an amorphous floating blob with blue eyes. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, pay, I care about what you say, Daniel. Thanks, Cameron. That makes me feel better as an amorphous <laughs> floating blob. Uh, You're so pretty for a blob. Thank you. I'm like a lumpy <laughs> space princess. <laughs> yeah, everyone's lumpy space princess pal. LSP for life <laughs> uh, you know you're very good at this very good much better than you realize well I hope I'm better than you realize <laughs> <laughs> the last mile of the marathon is always the toughest that's when winners are willing to take the big risks you willing to do that? I haven't been able to stop thinking about you all day. They kiss. You must have had a nice day. Oh, I didn't. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I, I managed to block this oh, all out. Here we go. Here we go. From this morning. Will you will you be will you be my Barrett? I will be your, I will be your Magil. Computer, dispatches. A research inquiry from the Manitoba Journal of Interplanetary Psychology and three communiques from your mother. <sighs> Transfer the letters from my mother to the view screen. And computer, I would like a real chocolate sundae. Define real in context, please. Real. Not one of your perfectly synthesized, ingeniously enhanced imitations. I would like real chocolate ice cream, real whipped cream. This unit is programmed to provide sources of acceptable nutritional value. Your request does not fall within current guidelines. Please indicate whether you wish to override the speci specified program. Listen. Picard to Counselor Troy. Well, now what? Yes, Captain. The pleasure of your company is requested, Counselor. We're having a little impromptu reception for the arriving delegates. I'm not really dressed for a reception. Oh, Counselor, just throw on any old thing. We're about to get our first look at the wormhole. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Captain. Riker's taking his pants down now. <laughs> You're going to want to see this. I've already <laughs> seen it, Captain. It is impressive, but of course, Captain, I'm on my way. God is making drinks in there. <laughs> Oh, a Riker fishbowl. <laughs> Woof. Uh, God forbid I should miss my first look at the wormhole. <laughs> and that's a good one to go out on. Yes. Oh, Cameron, 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 Cameron. Daniel, 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 Daniel. How many giant space buttholes are you going to give this one? Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know... Just if you approach this from just Deanna's storyline and knock everything out, it's a fantastic episode. But re-listening to ugh, that asshole speak, 
It's like it's it's a two. It's a, like a two and a quarter. Man, that's even harsher than I was gonna be. I was gonna give it a two and a half because the whole premise is great. It's just Deanna's story <laughs> is where it gets problematic. Also, I want Riker to wear a shirt that says "Very Stable Wormhole." <laughs> You're a whole premise. I am a premise. That's a bad one. Uh, it's one of my favorite. I think it's a South Park joke. This is my son runs with pre- no. His chief runs with premise, and his son premise running thin. <laughs> <sighs> so good, so good. I always remember this episode as just Deanna being in love and Deanna getting laid and Deanna exercising. And I and now you're just I gonna love- remember it as the mob foot fetish episode. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, she's getting some good treatment, but like, just, I realize now that I completely blocked out the bad parts and there's more bad than good. God, yeah. he's just, he's oof. gross. He might as well he's be really Ferengi. Gross. Basically. But we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. And that just leaves one last thing to do. And that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. And for Dan to say, keep on trekking. But to make it so, and for Dan to say, keep on trekking. Yeah. Eventually we'll run out of Star Trek, and then I'll say that and it won't make any sense. I'll be like, go and back then we'll to release the clip episodes. Yeah. Well, no, by then we'll be 50. <laughs> and no one will listen to podcasts anymore, and we'll, it'll be a dystopia, and we'll just be doing this on two tin cans with a string together. <laughs> on Can't this wait. week's show of the Mac Generation, Cameron's going to do a funny voice and tell me about things from long before the nuclear holocaust wasteland we're all living in. Yeehaw. <laughs> And Dad's going to do impressions. They're not very good. Listen in. <laughs> recording, recording, recording. Recording. <laughs> I'm a lonely little petunia in an onion patch. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're what? You've never heard that song before? I can imagine based on the tune and the lyrics that it's been around long enough it's out of copyright, so why don't you sing it for me, Cameron? I actually don't think it is. Well, let's risk it. Let her fly. (laughs) I'm a lonely little petunia in an onion patch. An onion patch, an onion patch. I'm a lonely little petunia in an onion patch. Oh, won't you come and play with me? Boo-hoo, (laughs) boo-hoo. The air's so strong it takes my breath away, right away. I'm a lonely little petunia in an onion patch. Oh, won't you come and play with me? I really mean it. Won't you come and play with me?
that was the worst holodeck lounge act I've ever seen. Yeah, you can fuck right off. <laughs> and our end credit bit's taken care of. A Secret Weapon Production.